Matilda and Julia and Joe by Ignatius Brennan, read for LibriVox.org by phone. The first two were sisters, Matilda the one, and Julia the other was named, with countenances as a May morning sun, and raven-like eyes speaking pathos and fun, and you truly would love, like score others have done, the two, and be never once blamed. Happy and cultured and pretty besides, with laugh like a clear-sounding bell, at home in the dance where terpsichore glides, at home in the parlour, at home in the tides, at home in the home or in happy hay-rides, at home with the mountain or dell. They seemed so contented with life and its joys, as strifes couldn't live in their air, looked on life's crosses as simple annoys, their hearts seemed to stand at an equalised poise, and they surely had class, making love to the boys, or soothing each love-lornish care. Their father had died, for we knew them real well, and left a large fortune behind. But all to their mother, those knowing her tell, of her strong greed for gold, and whenever it fell, for once in her hands, t'would remain quite a spell, she was one of those tight-fisted kind. And she told every prospective suitor who came to call on her daughters that she believed any man would be wholly to blame if he'd not make a fortune her husband though lame had done it and none of her girls would gain fame from the monies that's left him by me but these girls had their bows and they liked bows real well as most of the girls always do and their bows well returned every thought you can tell whenever dan cupid is working his spell and they wooed at the home and they wooed in the dell with the best art that dan cupid knew now julia got married to one she loved well and one who was rated as fine leaving matilda to battle and quell all morbid love troubles to which the boys fell instinctively heir to this curt little bell was right in her specified line julia's estate had no rival at all a thousand green acres or more mansions for summer and winter and fall horses and autos and servants at call diamond hung costumes for party or ball and social companions galore time went apace and a fond lover fell as if from the heavens above in on matilda and never would quell his earnest love-making until she would tell him fair to his face that she loved him real well he proposed she said yes both in love a fine fellow he and a poet as well the classics to him weren't dry he'd quote from the master's prosaic a spell then turn to the master's poetic and tell his story is rhymed by himself how he'd quell matilda's love troubles then sigh they married these two matilda and he he lived with his mother-in-law he sang for his rations he penned with such glee whene'er a new suit was decided to be the right thing in order he rhymed perfectly when penning of dear mrs shaw but dear mrs shaw was a lady whose heart stayed in to the poor and distressed she never could understand why she should part from her treasured shekels and right from the start she told her dear daughter to you all impart this message you two should go west now matilda was loved to the fullest degree there's none who will doubt what i say her husband big handsome and happy and free seemed to revel in love with a sweet ecstasy for he loved and he told matilda with glee in an artless and childish-like way matilda loved home as all good girls should but this hint was too awfully strong 
her husband's finances were well understood she knew he was poor she knew he was good so she said we will go to a new neighborhood with the thought that we might get along so they packed their belongings and went to the west not far to the west i would say as poets small earnings can't pay fares the best but they lived just as happy as birds in their nests and year after year the sweet union was blessed until six hearty children had they reverses came on the children were small the landlord informed our friend joe that he wouldn't mind harbouring from spring until fall but he couldn't include the chill autumn and all the cold cruel winter without a cash call so he'd best pack his plunder and go so they moved to an attic their larder was slim and living was awfully high eddie and henry and billy so trim sold daily papers with exquisite vim johnny and danny shined shoes at the gym while their pap bent of sea moon and sky the hard times came on and business went bad twas pitiful true to behold this once trim matilda of spirit aglad taking in washing what know you more sad the sweet dimpled arms trim fingers no lad or lass of more beautiful mould colics and measles whooping coughs pains curse upon curse o'er and o'er came to the attic where poverty reigns where spartan matilda was racking her brains to bring back relief yet she never complains how could this dear creature stand more but she did e'en the attic wherein they held forth was ordered vacated forthwith and just at a time when the breeze from the north was running amuck to its extremest worth with pantry a bear no heat on the hearth the story seems changed with the myth undaunted matilda ne'er cringed at the thought but did as her landlord had bade moved to a shack in the slums where the sot degenerate beggar and all breathed of naught but sin in its depths by its best masters taught e'en there none would notice her sad but during these trials these strenuous times the fate in the one up above never once faltered sublime of sublimes now poetry perfect transformed from the rhymes of matilda's fond husband and dollars and dimes poured in from his verses of love up from the ashes like phoenix of old apex in full middle sky critics grew warm who were heretofore cold publishers battled for stories untold each mail brought a cheque to be bartered for gold e'en his autograph brought prices high pure emanations of unsullied love dripped from his meekly moved pen thought you would rate as inspired from above so sweet to the mind with the peace of the dove all nature akin was his theme and he proved that men were to love fellow-men they moved to an attic no no to a home surrounded by foliage green where father and children were anxious to come and pay special tribute of stupendous sum to mother whose firmament lighted the dome of their heaven on earth as its queen they lived long and well and the lesson of love in each was so firmly instilled and mother was worshipped next to him above each vying with each his affections to prove to her whose light locks only mellowed the groove that time had ungraciously willed and strange midst it all she'd ne'er stood at the bier of a child she had muttered so true through all of her trials the hot scalding tear had ne'er been the lot of matilda so dear and she lived to well round out her ninetieth year 
for god gave her robings anew the choice of her bosom lies close by her side with his god-given asset of love who loved her more dearly the day that she died ay a thousandfold more than when she was his bride we prayed our dear maker will tell them with pride come home there's no cross up above end of poem this recording is in the public domain